What'll it be, stranger? Andy Sims told me there's a hideout near here, so I headed for it. Nice to see you in change, Jensen. You're listening, You're listening to the Hollywood Saloon. Saloon Shots, round one. So I was looking in the uh, trades this week, and I noticed that Show West is going on, and you know, there was the big 3D opening of Monsters and Aliens, right? You went and saw it. I saw it. I suffered through it. You saw it in 3D, right? Saw it in 3D. Paid the extra $3 per person. Took my uh, six-year-old Lucas to see it, and uh, boy, it was expensive. I mean, we were at matinee, and I still walked out of there for almost $20. And yeah, this that's is, an extra six dollars. That yeah. was almost an extra ticket. That's an extra just person to see it in three D. Well, the thing is, is now Fox, our glorious friends at Twentieth Century Fox, <laughs> are instituting a new policy. Apparently, for the release of their new Ice Age three D movie, mm-hmm. they told the theater owners that they would expect the theater owners to pony up the money for the three D glasses. Right. Jeez. Now, apparently, these new 3D glasses that you've worn, and I've tried them out, they're great. They're, they're comfortable, and they work, they work pretty well. Like real glasses. As good as anything that I've seen, or the best that I've seen so far, from the old days of the paper. Well, you know what, you know what and, they are? They're theme park-grade 3D glasses. You know, like when you would go to Universal Studios, they're mm-hmm, that kind mm-hmm. of grade. Yeah. Now, Fox is telling them... We want you to pick up the $1 million it's going to cost to supply those wow. to the customers. Wow. And Regal Cinema basically said, screw you. We'll show it in 2D. Yeah. And, and frankly, I'm in their corner on this one. I, I mean, I'll be one of the few guys that will come out to bat for the theater owners because everyone's complaining about the concession stand prices. Everyone's complaining about the high prices that it costs just for a ticket of a movie. Well, they spent a ton of money on these palaces that, to show movies in. What people have got to realize is, is these digital projectors to show these new 3D movies are 100 grand a piece. Right. Now, a traditional 35 millimeter projector would be about 30 grand. Mm-hmm. So think about that. You're filling three screens for the price of one. In terms of traditional versus the new digital media. Right. You also got to train somebody how to operate it. I mean, there's there's going to be an expense curve of getting these machines in, getting them up. Obviously, it's not going to be Profit City right away. And then for Fox to come in and say, well, now that all this extra money's coming in because of the higher ticket prices, how can we save? Well, if we don't have to pay for the glasses, that's an extra expense for us that we don't have to spend. Woohoo, Right. Yeah, see, and to me, now, we've gone over this before, and you've explained it to him, but I want to hear you recap it kind of what happens, uh, because I know that you had worked at a theater when you were in high school and whatnot, and so you understand this process. And I think the thing that is, I think the thing that is so amazing to me is just the simple fact that knowing how the system works, knowing that the actual theater only gets you know, what, the third weekend, the fourth weekend, or very low percentages of the first and second weekend of a film's release, that, uh, you know, no wonder the, the, the prices are so high on the concessions. That's only where they're making their money. And hmm. on top of that, they're going to make the theaters now pay for this special event. Now, how much of that $3 surcharge are the theaters going to take in as well to recoup their $1 million if they're going to have to pay for the glasses? 
They have to put an extra dollar on the ticket price to get in, at least, if not two, right. to cover now the cost. So now it's going to create these 3D specialized movies where now people got a question, eh, I don't have the extra money to see it in 3D. So right. I either don't see it or I see it in 2D. Now, I mean, I'm thinking that if I'm a studio and I'm making a 3D movie – you write in the $1 million for the glasses into your budget. That's the part of the deal. Exactly. It's just cheapskating well, trying to get around that and, ooh, we're going to squeak an extra million out. I mean, an extra million against the cost of that picture is not going to be as big a deal as it would be for the theater owners, well, which like it you could said, be catastrophic for. It's the, it's the studios that are all jumping up and going ballistic over 3D right now. And that every animation... Well, Katzenberg is putting his whole weight behind it. He's saying right. there's film, there's sound, and there's 3D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's that... That's that's where that's his position. That's a hefty ass statement right there. This is the eleventh commandment from the hill, Uh or something. uh You know, I mean, this is it. All movies now in three D. That means Raging Bull three D. That means (laughs) you know, ordinary people three (laughs) D. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've seen the latest, some of the crop of the latest three D technologies. Is is there a wow factor? Absolutely. I mean, you saw Monsters and Aliens. I mean, give it to me. Well, let me say this is. I think part of the draw with Monsters and Aliens, Monsters versus Aliens, is that it's in 3D, okay? At least for me. But in the end, the movie was so vaporous and hollow and, and just worthless that it's almost like it exists for the 3D because they can say, a new 3D movie, and here's this high concept, Monsters and Aliens and all that. So what they're doing is it's part of the pitch. It's part of the promotion. And and. You know, certain people, almost like when you're a completist of something, it's like you say, well, are you going to take the 2D or the 3D? I've got free tickets that someone gave me on a gift certificate to AMC at the at the mall, right? But I want to go see it in 3D because I feel like I won't be seeing the whole thing, you know, or as it was intended to, to be seen. Right. So I take that and I say, well, yeah, I'll pay the extra six bucks and hopefully it won't be terrible. I mean, it was terrible, but it doesn't matter. I fell for the pitch. I went in. But anyways... On seeing it, it's the only thing that I walked away from the movie was its 3D was fantastic, you know. And they had some gags in there, some great 3D gags. They even went into the old, you know, ball paddle ball thing, and it was coming out at you. And uh, sure, it's sure. it's fantastic. It's the best I've seen since the Terminator Universal Studios uh, ride, uh, ride or, or 3D movie, whatever you want to call it. It was outstanding on the technical aspect of that. Mm-hmm. And in the end, sadly. And my six-year-old son agrees is that the 3D is just about the only thing neat that you walk away from it. There's a, there's a danger here, as there was in the 50s when they did this. And the 80s. I mean, let's be right, honest. exactly, with Jaws 3D We're and We're not really holding up those crop of 3D movies with right. any kind of great praise. Well, and, but never before has there been the kind of quality that we can have now. I mean, it's just so outrageous right. how good it can be. And I mean, I think really... The ju- final judgment is not going to be passed until we get to December and we see what James Cameron has got up his sleeve. You know, it's like that's oh, going to be. Oh, then we finally hear the word from the mountain. Right. right? I mean, because right now we're just playing around with animated movies. I think the only one that I've seen, now I can't speak for Coraline. I haven't seen it. I know a lot of people like it. Um, but yeah. I can speak for Polar Express, which I saw in 3D. And even though 
it, it wasn't necessarily, you know, they don't have a lot of gags coming out at you and all that kind of stuff, but just the depth perception was outstanding. Same thing for My Bloody Valentine. They're using the depth. You really right. get the longness of the shafts. And yes, they can throw a pix out at you. But I mean, frankly, I think they're they're trying to move away from the, oh, we're just trying to throw stuff out at you right. and be, it's more about this whole stereo well, dimensional you know what they, you know what they should thing. do? What they should really do is, you know how you would always have an animated cartoon before a film? Well, make mm-hmm. a 3D short with gags. You know what I mean? It's like every time you go Absolutely. to the theater. That would be a great idea. That's what yeah. I'm saying. You, every time you go and you pay that extra $3, you get, you know, like Pixar does their shorts. You know, you get a little five-minute short that's just gag after gag that really takes advantage. It's like the opening action scene to a James Bond movie. And then you just realize that you're going into a movie that happens to also be in 3D, and it's mostly about depth perception. It's not about all that. That's just one idea. You know, right. that will make it feel like it's more worth it when you pay that money. Because, you know, when I went in, I was excited, hoping that the movie would be good. And when I went out, I was like, oh, God, it's like the only thing that was worth paying for was the 3D, not the, you know, so like, where can I- are you going to be after you see 10? Monsters and aliens. Well, see, that's the problem. That's the problem is that they're gonna they're gonna flush the excitement out of it because everything's gonna be and it's just gonna be accepted after a while. You know, I was thinking about this: is that this is something they should really consider if this whole uh, million dollar charge to the theaters is going to be an issue. I think that they should offer a reduced kind of paper glasses. Okay, here's your glasses. If you want the better glasses, you pay for you pay even extra, okay? Or you buy a permanent. Think about this. If this becomes a standard issue thing, and they're always paying for you know you buy the, you buy you get the glasses and then you turn them in and you recycle them. Well, what if I could buy a twenty five dollar pair of prescription three D glasses? I don't I don't know whatever you know. Or well, just they're going to have work. those. They're going to have three D glasses that you buy and you bring with you. Ultimately, right. That's how the business wants to see this happen. Right. They don't want to spend the one million every time they put a movie out. They want people to have their own glasses. So I think you'll start seeing that more custom Ray Bans and all kinds of different designs and right. and the and people, styles and what and the people who are hardcore and interested in doing that. That's what you do. You buy your nice set of glasses and you put it on your shelf. And then when you go to the movies, you take mm. it with you. And you put them on, and and that saved that that bit of the money. For everybody, um, or you know, you let people take these glasses home, and you can bring them out. They're absolutely sturdy enough that instead of throwing, I mean, them you in can the take bin, the ones that we saw, yeah. with our movies home. But see, not everyone would do that. They would lose them. They would get rid of them. They would throw them away. Oh, and that's why I think the recycle program is a great idea. It is. You know, you throw them in the bin afterwards, and if they can truly recycle them and clean them and reuse them, that's got to cut back on the expense because you really couldn't do that the same way with the paper glasses. I mean, no, no, those are. Those are trash. Cruddy. And yeah. So, I mean, I just think it's the cost of doing business. And don't throw it on the theater owners. And, I mean, I, I applaud Regal Stan, and I hope other theater owners back them. Right. Um, you could get a theater owner that plays against that and says, okay, great. Regal's not going to do uh, 3D. Then we'll take all the 3D business. <laughs> right, right. Because well, if you run the numbers, is it worth a theater owner – Spending the million dollars, getting all the glasses, and getting all the 3D business. Can they mathematically work it out to where it's actually worth it in the business investment for them to add the extra dollar to the ticket? Will people come? I just – I think there's going to be a cutting off point 
um, and you've reached it for Monsters and Aliens of what you'll pay for that level of entertainment right. in 3D. Right. But if you get burned too many times and that ticket price keeps going up, you're just going to one day say, Lucas, we're not seeing it in 3D. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that it's always a chance. You know, I mean, and this is true when you go to in- see anything in the theater. There's always an opportunity and a chance that you're going to you know, end up watching something bad. I mean, that's just that's, – that's the rule because I can tell you that last year – I, I took a chance and took my son to see Bolt, and that was in 3D, and that was fantastic. You know, yeah, that, that was totally mm-hmm. worth it, totally justified. The surcharge didn't matter because we had a great experience. It was a great film. Walked away very pleased. In the end, it's all going to come down to you know if it's a good movie or a bad movie. It doesn't matter how much 3D is in it. You know, it's kind of like when you have you know those movies where you laugh 20 times, but you still walk away saying, "God, that sucked." It's just like I could have watched you know Saturday Night Live instead. So it, it, right. it's similar to that. It's like no 3D will ever make a movie unless it's, you know, an, a thrill park ride that's six minutes long. But when I went mm-hmm. and did the, the Spider-Man ride at Universal Studios in Florida, I mean, good God, it was absolutely brilliant. But it's because mm-hmm. it was in 3D. I mean, there was no story, really. It was just a little, you know, that's a whole different ballgame. They can't expect people to come into a sit-down theater situation and expect – expect an attraction they've still got to make a decent film i think uh wow. for this Hopefully. to last or they do re-release old films i mean we know we're getting toy story one and two in october mm-hmm. in 3d and theaters and star wars is going to come and i mean and then they're going to run the toy story 3 3d trailer during those right, so right do you have an interest in going back to the theater and seeing toy story one or two or taking your kids and seeing it in 3d no, I would not do that. I've seen Toy Story so many times. It would, you know what? Maybe my daughter, because she has never seen it, and it would be a whole different experience for her. I, although I don't think she's even going to be old enough yet. When it, no, she's not. She's a little young. She's that would still be too young. It would, it would, and everything. She, yeah. she wouldn't even. She you wouldn't, better get her warmed up to movies first. Before she 3D. wouldn't even keep the glasses on. She'd just take them off. Yeah. You know, when Lucas went to some of his earlier 3D movies, he just took them off. You know, like when we would see Spy Kids, he, I'd look over and he'd be watching it with the glasses off, and I'm like, right. come on. So. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It well, doesn't that's going to be a big test then. I think these Toy Story movies will be a big indicator of how many people are willing to go back out and see a film that, that, that not only that they've seen, that they probably own and is on their shelf and have seen several times. <laughs> As you know the lines, you know the story. So now we're going to see it in 3D because it'll be different. It'll be the wow factor. So right. it's going to be a great litmus test to the industry because, yes, I mean, it does cost money to convert these films, um, several million dollars, in fact. So you literally have to ask yourself, is it worth, let's just say, the $10 million it's going to cost to convert Star Wars to 3D? Mm-hmm. You know, How many people are going to go out and see it again on the big screen in 3D? Well, for that particular title, you could probably justify that expense. Sure. I think, yeah. Sure. You could probably gross that. Uh, Blade Runner 3D? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. The $10 million to make it, it right. the $10 it million to market it. I just I, – I don't know. I mean – No, it depends. Maybe. It just depends on the I just the think title. that it's, you're going to be – and even Titanic 3D is going to be a risk because, again, it's it, – you know, besides the fact it's the you know highest grossing film of all time, it's now – 
got, what, the highest backlash of all time because <laughs> of what it is and what it did. And now you're going to put it back out in theaters in 3D. I'm sure it'll be astonishing and it'll be wow and, and cool. But do people want to revisit it in 3D? This is a, a tier, a question. You take it to IMAX and it's a whole different ballpark because it's really different seeing something like that on your regular movie theater screen, okay? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a whole different ball game if you take it to IMAX because then you can almost feel like you're enveloped in it. You know what I mean? That's how I saw uh, what's it called? Uh, Polar Express was mm-hmm. in IMAX 3D, and I felt like there was snow falling all around me. Mm-hmm. But when I see a movie theater in, you know, where I can, you can clearly define all the edges. It's not. It doesn't quite have the same punch. And so they're mm-hmm. expecting it to raise to those kind of attraction levels. I, I got to question that because it's going to become par for the course. I mean, we already know that, that they're not going to make any more. I mean, I don't expect any more animated movies to come out in 2D. I mean, I think that, you know, at least while this current fad is going on for the next few years, you will not mm-hmm. see a single... Oh, Katzenberg's committed all of DreamWorks's movies. Oh, I know. Well, I'm sure so. Pixar's going to do it, too. I'm giving you a choice. Either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. It's like buying a black and white TV at this point. It's just that's become mm-hmm. the standard now. And if you don't, it's like, what? You know, I, I can't believe that. It's, it's so questionable. It's still so new. You know, we've kind of hashed this before. It almost makes me believe that there should be a middle ground between the traditional big screen theater and IMAX. It's almost like you could build something in between both of those. Because the problem you have is if you shoot a film in 235, let's say like Speed Racer or Dark Knight, and then you have the IMAX format, which is a bigger, wider format, Mm -hmm. you know, Big like the one six six or you know and then wider across on the sides. Right. So you literally do have to crop and conform a film to that format. And as anyone that owns the the Dark Knight on Blu-ray has it switches back and forth can show you you know the difference in the in the different formats. Right. But I'm wondering, it, could you build a theater with IMAX dimensions that still gives you the two thirty five almost how they used to wrap the screen around? Remember those old Cinerama screens, right. those old domes sure. that you used to hear about? And that way you could probably get the best of all worlds of still giving you the immersive experience, still getting the wraparound 235 with the 3D. You would also have a, enough distance away from it to where – because, you know, the IMAXs are built – were originally built from the distance of the seat to the screen to give you that kind of – experience, i.e. a ride. They weren't really designed for the same kind of distance that you would have watching a movie, per se, in the same way. So it it is a different experience when you go and try and watch those movies. I remember when I saw the episode two, Star Wars, on IMAX, I hated it. Right, because it was just too much. well, it, the way it was cropped and the way I had to look up at the screen right. and, you know, it just – it wasn't designed to be that kind of – the filmmaking didn't correspond with the IMAX dimensions and the experience of the film. And I found it to be an underwhelming well, experience gotta, in every way, kind of a headache. You've got to remember what you're seeing here is you're seeing Hollywood trying to turn films and the movie-going experience into a new experience. You know what I mean? A new – thrill ride mm-hmm. type of experience. They're borrowing from that. you got to remember, up to this point, the only place you could really see an amazing 3D movie 
or experience like this, a thrill ride, was to go to an amusement park where they built a theater specifically for this film. Right, right. When you see the Spider-Man ride, like I said, in 3D at Universal Studios, that building was built for that specific thing, just like the Terminator, right. just like all these other ones that are in, in at the amusement parks. And really, for them to expect that kind of idea to fit into it is a very different thing. That's what I'm saying. Everything is going to shoot toward Avatar. Everything has shifted in their favor, though. Movies have shifted in their favor now. The audience's expectations and attitudes and appetites have all shifted for this. And in many ways, they're all sitting there waiting to eat all this up. But you know what? But let me me tell you you where it's headed. If Avatar – I really believe that Avatar is going to be the pinnacle point here because – no one's really made a 3D movie seriously yet, okay? Journey to the Center of the Earth, yeah, right, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's like, come on. No, we're talking about a movie that's going to implore the latest, latest, latest technology. Hopefully, these theaters will be calibrated for it. And it's just the point that this is your first movie that's been building toward a complete 3D experience that is integral to the storytelling, not a thrill ride, mm-hmm. not them saying, oh, let's make a cartoon with aliens and throw shit around. People will be excited and it'll be over in you know 85 minutes or whatever it is, and we can walk away. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about something where it's integral, where it's wrapped up because – You've got the theatrical thing. Hell, I even I mean, I even went to the Las Vegas Hilton when they had the Star Trek experience there and they had a, right, a, right. a totally kick-ass 3D ride. But the point is is that it's on a 6-minute 15-minute type of a of a window. Right. You know, Those are perfect for they're that. They're perfect for that. But at the same time, the next level up from that is obviously with these animated films because it's a special thing. It's an animated film, okay? Now, we've seen mm-hmm. these other movies like Journey to the Center of Earth and whatnot. I, didn't, I did not see that. But uh, it, it's so geared toward the 3D. It's kind of that deal without a real story. You know, they just, they just went and grabbed something and said, well, we can do some funky 3D in this. No, we're talking about a movie that was completely developed for the process. And so when we get to that point, if that explodes, okay, and takes off, you're going to see theaters built is what I believe. Because if that becomes the norm and that's a possibility and it does – now, you've got to remember who's, who's coming to the plate here. You know, This is the man who made the, the biggest grossing movie of all time. And I know that we're obviously quite biased towards James Cameron. But if this is a good film and gives you 3D experience like you've never seen before, something new, something more. That's the rep Cameron carries with him. Right. Forget for a second that you don't like his movies, that you didn't think Aliens was very good. You thought Abyss was overrated. Right. You thought True Lies was stupid and you hated Titanic. Fair game. Yeah, that's fine. But the technological advances – and the filmmaking techniques and skills that went on in each one of those films pushed movies further, made other things happen. The only reason we have dinosaurs is because of Cameron's insistence in T2. And the only reason we have T2 is because of Cameron's stubborn assistance in the abyss. Right. 
I mean, the guy is a taskmaster, and you know, we we know of another name that was like that that built one of those sort of unique, groundbreaking watermark films in 1968 with 2001: <laughs> Space Odyssey. <laughs> right, right. That's how you get things like that done. They take a long time, and they take you know the the patience and sort of the steady hand to break that ground, and other everything changes after that. That's what I'm and saying. And I agree with you. I mean, I'm already hearing about Ridley Scott. Who who saw some of Avatar and now he's going? I got to do my next film in 3D. And you know, I mean, obviously. And then Steven Soderbergh's talking about you know this Cleopatra musical that he wants to shoot in 3D. So a lot of filmmakers are excited about exploring and playing with it. And I think you know it's going to be the variety pack. After a while, you'll go to the cinema, and seven films will be in 3D. Right. Well, if and it, there'll be an animated one. It, it, there'll be an action movie in 3D. There might be a horror, and there might be, you know, the new Ridley Scott or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? If it becomes the accepted norm, I think that that really uh, you're going to have maybe Avatar to thank for that because I think there's a tipping point because I don't think anyone really takes it seriously right now. Hollywood says it's it's serious, but come on. You know, the only one who's really yeah. seriously attacked it has been Robert Zemeckis, who's really said, okay, I'm going to make a serious film here in 3D, meaning, you know, Beowulf, Polar Express. Right. Um, and now and he's going. He's still right. He's still staying with it. That's what I'm saying, is that he's the only one who's really, you know, making something serious. Now, everyone else will tell, yeah, well, these other 3D movies are serious. Well, they're for kids is what they are. And the kids are going to be accepting, and they're cool about Nifty little neat things, but sell it to an adult is a whole different situation. But if you go back to his 3D ride, uh, his Terminator 3D ride, which he directed and created, Mm -hmm. okay, that was also part of a live performance as well. You not only – you were actually in the middle of the action. You got the 3D, but then you got people running down the aisle – at the same mm-hmm. time. So it's like it was designed to be an experience. Right, an experience. And that's what I'm afraid even with Avatar, they're not going to, you know, make a theater around it and tweak a theater, you know, to where you have stuff blowing up in the theater and all that kind of stuff. That makes it that's the whole next step where you have to have a permanent building Right. Set it for something like that, right. and that well, that's, makes that's it, what makes those theme parks attractive. Right. You build something like that, and you make people come to your theme park from it. They've proven that that works. People will do that. But trying to get that into your home theater experience is which they would, which is what they would love to do because that's what they're selling. They're selling you. Well, they. I think it's not to their advantage to have it be a home theater experience. I think right now, if the studios are smart and they invest in all of this, they need to put the brakes on having this experience at home. Oh, absolutely. No, no, no. They that's, need to, to forget keep it. it as you got to go out yes. and you got to pay and you got to get it. There should be no hurry to get 3D glasses and movies at home. Well, that's because right. then you get the same problem of shortening the window between you know theatrical and DVD and everything else. You shoot the foot on a long tail business, and it's just stupid. So I, I hope that they don't run down that that trail. But I agree with you. I think this is an ongoing conversation because it's just going to keep unfolding you know as the the months and as years it's to come. done remember the last time we recorded on this was when beowulf came out and we've right. seen it grow and grow and grow even more so since then so it's going to continue to do so but as we know i really think the focal point is in december and we're going to see what happens with that if it just vaporizes and goes away and everyone says oh it's a dumb sci-fi film 
Well, then that, that'll be a whole different deal. But we're going to see, at the very least, some sort of tech advantage here, some sort of, sure. some sort of groundbreaking thing, because he, you know, he, he just does that. <laughs> you know, that's just what the man I does. I have no problem paying an extra couple of bucks, you know, extra $5 premium or whatever, to see that movie. I want to see it in the best possible conditions the way Cameron intended it. And I hope I want to see it more than once after it's over with. Right. That's going to be the big test. But you know what? Is... But let me tell you this, is that I went and saw Monsters and Aliens and the frickin' uh you know, you know, you can move the curtains back out of the screen. It's like if it's one eight five, they close the curtains, and then if it's two three right, five, they right. open the curtains. Well, they had the curtains closed. Okay? So I lost my edges for about ten minutes of the fir- of the film. Okay? Eventually, you know, someone noticed and uh and, and changed mm. it, but you know that's that's that's, that's the problem. You know, if you go into Avatar and some, you know, teenage dork forgot to push the damn button to change the aspect ratio, it goes back to it. The projectionist is always the final editor of a film. Absolutely, you could spend years working on all those effects, getting that sound mix just right, and if he screws up on the way he threads the projector, doesn't get the sharp focus, it can ruin the experience. It's th- that's why I think. It's important that we don't burden the theater owners with additional costs so they can lose sight of the proper training to make sure that these digital projectors and these experiences are run properly. Right. That's inexcusable between the 235 and the 185. If it was the first show on a Friday, you get my excuse. You get one free show, no, and that's it. it was, get your screenings together It was after the that. 435 show on Friday. So it was on opening day. It was just after my son got home from school. So yeah, so they've already ran the show once or twice that day, twelve and two. Mm-hmm. By the time they got to four, they probably even had one at eleven or ten. Uh, that's ridiculous. They were supposed to run it on Thursday night anyway to knock out all those. But kids. you know what? I'm done. So I'm done with the days of standing up and missing the film and going and telling some concession stand person that they need to fix this yeah. because eventually, you know, it usually probably never gets done. And so it's just uh well I have found that the only way you can really get satisfaction is you got to you got to offer ask for a refund after the movie. Right. If you have a bad experience you got to go talk to the manager. Right. No, absolutely. If you don't complain they'll never fix it. They might not fix it if you complain, but at least you'll feel better about it. You'll get something out of it, but you'll never get that first time. You'll never time get it back. Experience no. back. Exactly. So I guess yeah, we'll just have to revisit this and well and see what happens. It's an ongoing thing. Uh, obviously, we'll get back to it, you know, because it's a growing thing. And obviously, we'll cover the hell out of Avatar uh, when it hits uh, later this year. The Toy Story will be the next test. I'm curious to yeah. see how those play and how interested people are. Because, you know, honestly, I don't want James Bond 3D. <laughs> no, it's just not, not yet. Not it's yet. just not necessary. Yeah. It's an ongoing process. We'll just have to revisit it when the time is right. You're listening to the Hollywood Saloon.